0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. I bet I can find one. Who wants to bet? Let's go to the book of Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Let's look at chapter 5 for just a moment. Now we've been talking about on these Wednesday night services the past oh guys past couple of months things that have to do with the interaction everybody say interaction between our mind our flesh and our human spirit amen uh, we looked a lot at thoughts you know we looked where where the leper almost lost his healing because of his thoughts and, you know, he left mad, left with his leprosy, but when he got his thought, thoughts right, he got a miracle. Got a miracle from God. Uh, we looked in Isaiah 55 where it says that, you know, my ways are not your ways. Uh, my thoughts are, your not, are not your thoughts. Uh, they're higher. My, as my, as my, my thoughts are what? Higher. As the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways uh, than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts in Isaiah 55. Now, here in First Thessalonians, let's look here just for a moment. Look there in chapter 5. Look in verse 15. It says, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. Well, that's a good word. You ever want to just get back at somebody? So, you know, bless God, I'm going to get you. Kind of feels good, doesn't it? But, by, but God says, don't do that. Don't render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow after that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Now notice this, verse 16, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice Rejoice. on Wednesday night. It says rejoice evermore. Now nobody ever likes to do a word study on the word rejoice. Nobody ever likes. Because we think rejoice is praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. Actually, the, the word rejoice in the Greek, when you study it, it means to jump into the air. While in the air, to spin in a 360 degree circle, to land on your feet, and to scream with a shrill voice, Ah! And so you're supposed to do that evermore. Now, this tells you when to pray. Next verse Pray on Tuesday nights. No, pray without ceasing. Now, you say, no, wait a minute, preacher. If we're rejoicing evermore, how are we going to pray without ceasing? (laughs) Amen. Well, it's actually talking about an attitude, a character of your heart, whether you, listen, you should be a person of rejoicing. That, you know, if you roll your cares over on the Lord, according to 1 Peter chapter 5, if you, if you believe what Jesus said when he said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light, come and learn of me. If you really trust God, then there should be a, just an overall attitude of rejoicing. Where things really don't phase you, things really don't knock you down. I mean, you just have this, the, 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 this spiritual force the Bible calls joy. Everybody say joy. Now, Nehemiah said it's the joy of the Lord that is my strength. Because, see, happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Because I guarantee, if I I walked up to any one of you here tonight with ten crisp $100 bills and gave it to you, you'd get happy real quick. $1,000. Go shopping. You'd get a big old smile on your face. Amen. But you know what would happen? You'd spend that $1,000. It'd be gone, and the happiness would fade away. But joy doesn't fade away. Joy doesn't fade away. So rejoice everyone and then pray without ceasing. That means always be connected to God in communication. Today I was driving down the seawall and it was kind of foggy. I was listening to listening to a, a message on my CD player, and I just kept, I just in my spirit, I just, I just felt my spirit, my spirit man praying, praying, connected to God, worshiping God, praying. It's just something that you perpetually do. It's not that every time you pray, you need to be down on your knees and, and you know, in your prayer closet. When, no, you can have a just a perpetual connection to God, perpetual communication. I mean, there's been times I've said, well, Lord, what do you think about that? He said, you really say that to the Lord? Yeah, I do. And many times he said, I don't like that. Amen. That'll help you. It says here in verse, in verse 18, in everything, give thanks. Now, notice closely, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks That does not say For everything Give thanks I've heard people say Well you know the Lord He's put this disease on me I'm just going to thank him for it He's broke my leg I'm just going to thank God No, no God doesn't do those things Remember our dividing line Of the gospel John ten ten. The thief cometh not But for to steal, kill, and destroy Jesus said I am come that you might have A life And that you might have it In abundance It's not God that does those things Notice what it says here. It says, in every gift thing, give thanks. That means when you get into a bad situation, give thanks. God's going to get you out of it. You get into a negative financial situation, give thanks. God will get you out of it. Uh, The enemy attacks your body. Give thanks. God will will, will get you a path to healing. Amen. Uh, If you have a problem in your business, your family, your home, give thanks. God's going to get you the answer through the Word of God. It said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Then it says this, quench not the Spirit. Notice that's the capitalist. It means don't quench the Holy Ghost. Don't quench the Spirit of God. Listen, the enemy ever since the day of Pentecost has done everything he can do to quench the moving of the Spirit of God. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Spirit of God. The spirit that abides on the inside through salvation. The spirit that empowers through the baptism. That spirit, listen, that's your best friend. That's going to take the revelation, take the reality of the word of God and make it real into your human spirit. Now notice what it says. It says, despise not prophesying. What is prophesying? That which is spoken to the exhortation, edification, and comfort of the church. Despise not prophesying. It says, prove all things. Now, that's something that we're a stickler on around here. You know, somebody coming and preach something that hadn't been proved, we don't jump on that bandwagon. Amen. I mean, if it hadn't been proven, oh, I remember a couple of years, two or three years ago, I had so many people mad at me. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I did. I mean, they were coming out of the woodwork. But now today I'm like, where are you now? Because, you know, one of those things that you just really don't, it was with the what was the the prayer of Jabez. Oh my. God. I was so tired of the prayer of J. First of all we have progressive revelation You don't have to ask a God to bless you That has already blessed you The Bible says we are already blessed With all spiritual blessings In heavenly places in Christ Jesus I'm not going to reach back into the old covenant And bring out some old scripture And try to make that relevant to my doctrine today When I've got another word in the New Testament That's been purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ That says I do not have to ask my God Or my heavenly father. Father for a blessing He's already given me Everything All spiritual blessing In heavenly places In Christ Jesus Well I made that statement Back then When everybody had Their Jabez t-shirts Their Jabez coffee cups Their Jabez books And prayer manuals But where is it today It's come And it's gone You say why There's no proof in that See remember The old covenant Was written For us The new covenant Is written to us Are you with me Now so prove all things We've proven some things Salvation works How do you get saved It's easy Romans 10 9 and 10 Believe in your heart Confess with your mouth Healing works Jesus said lay hands on the sick They shall recover Prosperity works Give it'll come back to you Good measure Press down Shake it We have evidence It'd be very hard To talk many of you Out of these things You say why You've proven them Proven them means You've believed it You've received it You've acted on it and received the provision of it. How many of you have ever done that with something God's promised you? You've seen it, you've believed it, you received it, and you've got the provision of it. Amen? So, prove all things. But now notice this. Hold fast to that which is good. Why hold fast? Because the enemy, the world's system, your flesh, your own mind, there are all kinds of things that will try to get it from you, take it from you. Steal that revelation knowledge out of your, ah, that faith stuff doesn't work. That healing stuff doesn't work. That prosperity stuff doesn't work. None of that confession, that name it and claim, none of that stuff works. You know what I tell people like that? I say, yeah, you prove that it works. That always makes a man. You prove that. How do I prove that it works? Well, you say it doesn't work. Therefore, the Bible says you'll have what it says. By your words you're, or by your words you're, and so you say, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, I don't believe it, it doesn't work, so what happens? It don't work. <laughs> always remember, with the same effort, you're in doubt and unbelief, you could be in faith. I've always said with the same effort, uh, you're mad and mean, you could be sweet. That's how I fix Leah. <laughs> I just got her turned around a little bit, amen. Sometimes she tries to bend the other way. I can tell right now. No, with the same effort, you're in doubt and unbelief. With the same effort, you're speaking doubt, you could be speaking faith. With the same effort, you're in unbelief, you could be in faith. Oh, that's too easy, amen. That's too easy. Now, notice this. Abstain from evil. Oh, that's not what it says, is it? It says, abstain from all evil. Appearance. That means, honey, if it just looks like it's evil, get away from it. Get away. Listen, over in the Minor Prophets, I believe it's in Habakkuk, it talks about, it's a very unique scripture. It talks about how the priest, when the priest comes out of the Holy of Holies, this is in the Old Covenant, when he would come out of the Holy of Holies, he had been through all of the ordinances of cleansing. Because, see, they, they put a rope around him and he had bells all over the fringes of his robe. And if he did not do the right thing in the cleansing ceremony, he would walk into the Holy of Holies and drop over dead. When the bells quit ringing, they knew the priest was gone. They had to drag him back out and then they put the rope around the next guy. So you always made sure you got the cleansing ceremony right. But when he came out of the Holy of Holies... He was pure, he was holy, he'd been in the presence of God He was sanctified, but the scripture says Then why, when the holiness of the priest touches that which is corrupt Why does corruption corrupt holiness And holiness not make corruption holy Because we live in a fallen system, a fallen world say, well, I tell you what, I just go hang out in the bars and get everybody saved No, you won't, you'll be drinking like they were in no time that, that corruption will get back on you. That corruption will taint your holiness. Abstain from the, if it looks like it's evil. Walk away, turn, walk away. Say, man, just, I'm sorry, I can't go in there. It looks like it's evil to me. I'm sorry, I can't watch that on the TV. It looks like it's evil to me. I'm sorry, I can't pull that up on the internet. I, I can't, that, that, it looks evil. It looks evil. Amen. What was that I was looking for on the internet that time? Freak me out. Yeah, but there was another one. There was another one that I was looking for. The uh, There's a six-wheeled ATV called a Hustler. <laughs> well, that didn't take long. I abstained from the very appearance of evil. I said, that ain't got nothing to do with duck hunting. I pushed that button. I was out of there. That's what it's called, an Argo, A-R-G-O, Hustler is what it's called. And I thought, "Mm. Leah, I don't know how to work this machine no more. (laughs) No, abstain from the all appearance. See, the problem is, is we try to figure out if it's evil. No, God has already put... A, 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 a system in you When that spirit clenches on the inside of you You know this ain't right This ain't right That's it. Get get away from that Listen, that is the greatest act of self-preservation You can ever be involved in That'll keep you safe That'll keep you happy That'll keep your marriage pure That'll keep all that other junk the enemy tries to bring in. That'll just keep it out Amen Then it says this And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole, now notice this, your whole spirit, if I say spirit, now notice that's the smallest, that's the human spirit, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice, Paul writes to us in here it says, now you're a three part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now let me say, I know it's simple, we teach this all the time, but it, it, it bears repetition so that you can understand these things. You are a spirit. That is the part of you that is made in the likeness and image of God. You are a spirit being. A spirit being is neither male nor female. Are you with me? Actually, you can say it like this. A spirit being is neither male nor female, but a spirit being is both, is both male and female. You say, what? That, that, basically, that's how God says it in Genesis, that he made them both male and female, male and female. He made them. That was the, what he was saying was a human spirit is neither male nor female, but a human spirit is both male and female. You say, I don't understand It's because it's not written to your mind. It's a spiritual truth. I said it's a spiritual truth. That means your spirit man. Leah has a spirit man on the inside of her. Uh, the Bible calls it the hidden man of the heart. So that's what you are. You are made in the likeness and image of Almighty God. Uh, in Genesis 1.26, when He made man, when He spoke man into existence, He didn't create a physical body. He created a spirit being. Amen. Now, when you understand that, you begin to understand the reality of what happened in the garden. Remember, God told Adam and the woman, He said, When you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. But you notice the day they eat it, ate it, they didn't have a funeral. Actually, they lived many, many, many more years. And that is because the human spirit, the true human being, never dies. The death that took place in the garden was a separation from God. The human spirit got disconnected from the divine spirit of Almighty God and spiritual death flooded into humanity. And it brought with it all its evil cousins. Sickness, disease, Poverty, war, hate, prejudice, you name it, it just flooded in to the human experience. That's why if you're born into the human family, you're in trouble. I don't care if you're living under a bridge or if you're living in a mansion. If you're born into the human family, you have a problem. You say, what is that problem? You are separated from God. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. We've studied it over and over. The new birth is what? A supernatural miracle from God that takes you out of the human family and puts you in God's family. I should have got a better amen than that. Because see, people are victims of their first birth. They blame everything on their human family experience. Uh, uh, well, divorce runs in my family. Oh uh, Well, cancer runs in my family. Uh, well, well, addiction runs in my family. Well, uh, uh, bankruptcy runs. Well, honey, you're not in that family no more. You've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Now you are in God's family, but you're stuck with a soul and a body that still thinks it belongs to the human family. Now you got your mess. Amen. Now notice what it says. It says, In the very God of peace sanctify you, set you apart holy." I pray, God, your whole spirit, I say spirit, and soul, everybody say soul, and body, everybody say body, be preserved blameless. So there must be a process available to the believer in which we can enter into by faith, learn to live by our spirit so that we can control our soul and keep our body under, or keep our body from destroying us us through its appetites. Amen. Now, Spirit man, the real you, the hidden man of the heart. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The soul, we've talked about that. What is the soul? The mind, the way you think. Your emotions, the way you feel. Amen. And your will, the choices you make. That is what abides in your soul. Now, the way you think is corrupted. It has been corrupted because of your first birth. That's why we see in Romans chapter 12 that you must what? Renew your mind. Reprogram your mind. People talk about all that. Well, you're just talking about a bunch of brainwashing. That's what you need. You need a good brainwashing for your brain to be pulled out of your head and dipped in the pure water of the Word of God where you no longer think human thoughts. You think divine thoughts. That will help you control your emotions and the way you feel. People are always trying to feel God. Do you feel it? Well, I have a time or two. Amen. I love the presence of God as as much as anybody else. But you have to walk, it says in the New Covenant, seven different times, the just shall live by faith. So it really doesn't matter What you feel, it's what you know that's going to put you over. Because when you know something in your spirit and it's stronger than what you feel, what you feel can never talk you out of what you know. Let me say that again. What you feel can never talk you out of what you, but if you allow your Soul to develop, which all of us have allowed our soul to do. We do it through education, through uh, uh, all kinds of ways. We develop our minds. There's nothing wrong with education. Get all the education you can get. Our emotions, people learn to control their emotions, to be under control. Our will, you know, our will. people People get real strong willpower. I've got a lot of willpower. I never did. I never had much willpower. My willpower was, you know, little bitty. I just didn't have any willpower. I mean, I tried to do things through willpower. I'm gonna quit doing this. And that would last about an hour. Anybody ever had that problem besides me? You know, I needed, I needed God God's power because my willpower was so weak. But you know, everyone has problems. Jesus had problem with his human will. He prayed in the garden. Father, if there's any other any other way. Man, he was he was he was contemplating. He'd never been separated from the Father like that. He was taking on your sin, your sickness, your death, your depravity, your iniquity, all of your trespasses you'll ever commit. He was taking, he knew he was going to die and suffer on the cross. And he was saying, Lord, I'm in a human form. I'm in a human body. I'm having a problem with my will. Is there any other way this cup can pass from me? But then he said, see, the spirit part of him stood up and said, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And that's why we're saved today. Because divine will superseded human will. Human will bowed to divine. So you get your thinking right and your feeling right, then you're going to get your will doing what? It's easy to submit your will to the Lord when you get your thinking right and your feeling right. Because here's the thing about feelings. Feelings are the biggest liar. I mean they'll lie to you. Remember when you were in the sixth grade and you felt like somebody liked you? <laughs> what are you looking at me like that for? I mean, you know, you some little girl or some little guy and you thought, oh yeah, you know, and, and then you found out that it wasn't true and it broke your heart. And then this this big feeling you had of, oh, my first love, and now your heart is broken. <laughs> But you got over it. Hopefully you got over it. Maybe some of you didn't. I don't know. Maybe some are still suffering with that bad experience. Amen. But God wants to do what? Sanctify us. Now, spirit, So, but here, oh, here's the, here's the one. Our bodies our old flesh. Now, your flesh, let me tell you, your flesh wants to run wild. Your earth suit, that's what this is. This is an earth suit that is decaying, that's wearing out, and you can go to the gym or the Joe or the Bob or wherever you want to go. And you can work on your flesh, and you can stand in front of that mirror, and you can stretch and ooh and ah and squirt oil all over it and and buff it and polish it and... And and we're not we're not we're not even talking about women, what women do. I mean they and you can but here's what your flesh will always let you down. It will it will it will create an obsession. There are people that get obsessed with their flesh. If you don't believe it, go to some of these gyms and look at them. And you get a bunch of people obsessed with their flesh, and their mind goes into neutral and their spirit just goes and hides. Because when you, you, can, you can work on your flesh, you can exercise your flesh, you can feed your flesh the right diet, but the only thing it will do, the only thing it will do is produce physical strength. That's it. It will produce physical strength. You can be disciplined, you can do, but that, that's why Paul said uh, bodily exercise profiteth little. Well, it does profit some and help keep you alive. You should take care of your body. But as far as it having an effect on your soul or spirit, you got to learn to keep your body under. You've got to make a decision. I'm not going to yield to all of the appetites because your flesh wants to eat Milky Ways. And we talk about Christian flesh. Eat Milky Ways, drink Dr. Pepper, lay on the couch, and watch King of the Hill. How many know what King of the Hill is? How do you know that? I thought you were supposed to abstain from the very... I'm just kidding. No, that's what you want to you want to let you want to lay lay on the and then and then somebody tell you there's something wrong with your flesh. You know, there you better you better exercise. You better and then your flesh tells me, you know, feed me and and put me to bed and and I want to sleep late and all. And if you learn to yield to all of the all of the appetites of the, then you end up in addictions. That's how I addic- I mean, how, how many ever smoked? Cigarettes or tobacco. Now, remember the first one you ever smoked. Remember that first one. Wasn't that the most lovely experience that ever happened? I mean, hear that—that Marlboro, that Winston, that Cool, whatever it was. You, and your body just welcomed all of that smoke in, and you just—it just calmed you and had. Is that what happened? You coughed and hacked and choked. you know, it was your physical flesh saying, please, no, don't do that to me again, please. Then how did you end up smoking four packs a day? Are you you with me tonight? We're trying to help you by the word of God. It's because that even when your flesh had more sense, your soul was messed up. Your soul, your, your mind. Your emotion, your will, you didn't have the willpower to stop something you knew would kill you. And I tell you, I know it's kill me, but I love it anyway, you know. <laughs> the first time you ever drank alcohol, beer, or how did that, didn't that taste wonderful? Just like the commercials, the flowing, beautiful, bubbling water flowing down out of the mountains of Colorado, cool and bubbly. I remember the first time I drank a beer, I thought of all the beers in that ice chest, I got a rotten one. Amen. So that shows us right there that even your body has more sense than to do things your soul wants to allow. And through willpower, there's a breaking down. It is responding to a spiritual trait of someone that is not born again called iniquity, which is a motivation, something not unique to humanity. Humanity was never created with iniquity in it. Iniquity came through the fall of man in the garden. It was transferred from Satan to the human being. It says of Satan in Isaiah, excuse, yeah, in Isaiah 14, chapter 14, it says he was perfect in the day in which he was created till iniquity. What is iniquity? Iniquity is a motivation toward self. Me. I did it my way. Well, that's why you're a mess. Like one guy said, I'm a self made man. The other guy said, Why'd you make yourself so ugly? And that iniquity will override the common sense of the body, the willpower of the soul, the feelings, and the knowledge. One of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life is is walking. Down, you know, going up to uh, UTMB to uh, visit somebody in the hospital. One of the members or somebody's called us. So we're walking up there, and there stands a doctor, out in the out in the uh, uh, outside. A doctor, a doctor. I think, man, that that that's some strong stuff. But Jesus was wounded for our transgression. Bruised for our iniquity, and we got born again. He severed that iniquity out of your human spirit, where that motivates. That's why it's no fun to sin. You go back to the booze, you go back to the drugs, you go back. It's, it's just not the same. You can't get as high. You can't get as drunk. You can pour it all, it just won't happen. You do not have iniquity. You are righteous. Even though your mind may desire it and your flesh craves it, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You might as well give it up. You're ruined for sinning. So you begin to renew your mind. You begin to not walk by your feelings or your mind. You give your will to the Lord. You bring your flesh into subjection, and your spirit man takes the show over. Because, see, what we do, we're Americans. Let's just, you know, we're good Americans. So we vote on everything. So you've got spirit, soul, and flesh. Spirit, soul. So we're going to vote. Let's vote. Who who wants to go to church on Wednesday night? What do you say, flesh? No, not me. I didn't want to go on Sunday. I want to go to the brunch at the Galvez and eat. Then I want to go home and sleep. The mind says, I don't want to go. I don't understand it. Those people are crazy. They talk about speaking in mountains. They talk about speaking in tongues. They talk about praying for the sick. They're out of their minds. I don't want to. And the spirit is over here going, let's go to church. Let's go to church. And they go, no, no, no. You're outvoted. So you have a democracy. But see, a democracy will kill you. You've got to have a war, and you've got to throw out the democracy, and you've got to impart a theocracy, God in charge, where the flesh says no, the mind says no, the feelings say no, the will says no, the spirit says yes. We're going with the spirit. I don't care what you guys want, because this is life. Because this keeps me free from drugs. Because this helps me to be happy and have joy and peace. And this helps me to realize the goodness of God and mercy. This helps me to love other people. This helps me to do everything God wants me to do. But this other junk, all it does is just weigh me. Down. So I throw you guys out, and I walk by the Spirit. Now, let's let's real quick. Let's go to Hebrews. I got two minutes. Everybody say two minutes. How many? Give me two minutes. Two, four, six, eight, ten. <laughs> I hadn't done that in years. Now notice verse. Hebrews chapter 4, real quick, we'll close with this. You learning something tonight? Yes. Hebrews chapter 4, for the Word of God, everybody say the Word of God. Now notice this, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divided asunder of the soul, everybody say the soul, and the spirit, everybody say and the spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Listen to the Amplified. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active and operative and energizing and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, the immortal spirit, and the joints and marrow of the deepest part of our nature. Now notice this. Exposing and sifting, and analyzing, and judging. Did you get that? Exposing, and sifting, and analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. So we take the Word of God and do what? We begin to divide that which is of the spirit, that which is of the... Flesh and that which is of the soul The mind, the emotions and will Or we could say it Body, the soul and the spirit We're real Feeling based people Did you feel that? Did you feel that? When you went up there and got prayed on. Did you feel anything? I remember we love uh, uh, Brother Hagan. He's gone on to be with the Lord, Brother Kenneth Hagan, And, and uh, Mark Brzee spent a lot of time on his crusade team back in the 70s and early 80s. And he tells a funny story of Brother Hagan, because, uh, man, some of his services were just, just the presence of God would be so strong. It would be amazing. And Brother Hagan was sitting in the front of a car, and there was four or five of those young preachers. And he goes like this. He goes, "Woo!" And they kind of looked around. And he said, you feel that? And they just all sat there real quiet. And so he did it again. Woo! Man, you all feel that? And he said, they, one of them finally sheepishly looked up and said, no. He goes, neither did I. <laughs> what you feel is no proof of God's activity. I said, what you feel is no proof of God's activity. What you know in the Word is proof of God's activity. And the word of God will go in and and, and and decipher and 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 margin off and fence off. Well, you know, you went up there and you got prayed for, didn't feel a thing. No, flesh says didn't get it. Flesh says, no, I didn't get it, I didn't get nothing. What does the soul say? Well, the the will says, I did go up there, so I I gave my will to the and, and the and the and the feelings say nothing. I agree with the flesh. I agree with the flesh. That preacher probably was surfing all day or something. He didn't even Pray before he came to church The mind says I've never been able to figure this stuff out Anyway so I'm not even talking to you guys But then the spirit Over here has a word Everybody say a word It knows the word says by his stripes I've been healed Uh, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Sets me free from the law of sin and death The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead Abides and dwells with me It quickens, it makes alive my mortal My death doomed body Therefore, I went up in faith. That preacher ministered to me in obedience to the word of God in Mark chapter 16, where Mark chapter 16 says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe the word of God in Hebrews 13, 8, it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same Jesus that walked on the earth 2,000 years ago, that healed blind Bartimaeus, that healed the woman with the issue of blood, that raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, that, that healed the ten lepers, uh, that, that delivered the madman at Gadara, that did all of that, he still does it In and through his word. Therefore, I believe. I know. My flesh says no. The doctor agrees with my flesh. My feelings say I didn't get anything. And it agrees with my flesh and my doctor. But I know that I've been healed. I know I've been healed. Well, see, we talk about healing. What about salvation? What if you treated salvation like many people treat healing? Your flesh, how many times your flesh tell you you're not saved? About 10 times, 20 times? 20 times? An hour? I mean, your flesh will tell you, you ain't saved. That guy cut you off in the street. You wanted to kill him. Your mind will tell you, I ain't never been able to figure out this salvation thing anyway. I don't know what even. Your, your, your emotions, your, your feelings will tell you, well, when I'm in church praising God, I feel saved. But, you know, on Tuesday afternoon when I got mad and kicked the cat, I sure didn't feel very safe. You know what I mean? But you know, over here, you've obeyed the word. I believed in my heart. I confessed with my mouth. I know if I was to be absent from my body, I'd be present with the Lord. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my Deliverer. And if I were to die, I'd go straight to heaven. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what my mind tells me. My emotions tell me. I know by my spirit, man. I know. See, that's your knower right there. That's your knower. Remember the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5? She came, fell down before, knowing what was done in her. Some of you have a knowing on the inside of you. That's your faith. That's what's been revealed. That's where you make your stand. That's where you speak the word from. And in so doing, you take control from the the realm of the spirit. You take control of everything else that's going on in your physical body. in your. It's the best way to fight depression. You say, what's the best way to fight depression? Talk to your mind and tell your mind not to be depressed. You say, that is insane. No, that's the word. Paul instructs us to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. David, what do you think the whole psalms is? That's David talking to his mind. What was he talking? His covenant. So when he came up to the giant and all of Saul and all of the armies were so afraid and dismayed, David said, who is this circumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And it ended up David chopped his head off. You say, why? Because he used that word to divide what was of the spirit. what was You think he felt like fighting that giant? What do you think his mind was telling him? What do you think his flesh was telling him? You're too short. You're too small. You're too young. You can't fight. But see, in here he knew the covenant. God said, I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. And his spirit was convinced of the reality of what the word had said under the Abrahamic covenant, and he whipped a giant with that power. You can do the same thing. You can defeat every giant in your life. You can speak to every mountain. You can change what your body tells you. You can change what your mind tells you. And you can walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Did you learn something tonight? Now lift your hands and thank God for his word. Father, we thank you for your word this evening. Thank you for every heart being open, for every spirit man being fed on the inside. Thank you, Lord, for your word that helps us, Lord, to understand what is of the spirit, what is of the soul, and what is of the flesh. We thank you that our spirit man is growing on the inside. Thank you for the good meat, the good milk, and the good meat of the Word of God that causes our spirit man to grow. And Father, we love you tonight. For you love us so much. You care for us so much. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.